<laughs> okay, okay, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. Okay. <coughs> Hello, true crime aficionados. I'm Taylor. And I'm Kara. And this is A Latte Murder, a podcast where we have no idea what we're doing. But we continue to do it anyway. Grab a cup of caffeine. Join us for a latte fun. Here we go. Alright, so, hello everyone. How's everyone doing this week? Everyone all good? I'm not. <laughs> I know, I feel like it's been a long week in general. I'm so pissed. So, Kara, just before we started podcasting, uh, well, Kara's nice enough to pick up Starbucks for the both of us, even though it's 8 o'clock at night, and so that means I'll be up all night, and she spilt it all over herself right before the podcast started. So upset, <laughs> and she's just sitting there with it in her lap, like all the coffee just sitting in your lap, spilling onto the floor, and it sounded like she was just pissing everywhere. I feel, I feel like I peed myself, <laughs> and my cats were like, "Ooh, I want some coffee." When I went downstairs to change and mm-hmm. to put the towels near your washing machine, mm-hmm. your dogs kept licking me. <laughs> They're like, "Ooh," they kept licking my pants, yeah. and you got a caramel brulee. Which yeah, you said I last did. week that you didn't like because the last one you got was bad. Yeah. And now you have a bad experience with it. Yeah, so I'm not... I've had two bad experiences with caramel brulees. Yeah, my cat is climbing into the desk, so if you hear that... I uh, should have stuck with my white chocolate mocha. I'm sorry. It's fine. Very bad experience. Caramel brulee won't be around much longer. Anyway. Good. Good. <laughs> no, it's so good. I love that. I'm so upset. Yeah. I have no coffee now. I know. I just have water. Well, that means you won't be up all night. Like me. Coffee doesn't do anything. Starbucks, though, is different. No. 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 I could drink that. <laughs> I could chug that entire venti and go to bed, and like, right after. Oh, I can't. So no. just drink my water. <laughs> Kara, and then also, Kara didn't want to take my water. We use a water jug instead of the sink, and Kara's like, uh, I didn't want to, I felt bad for using your water jug. I'm like, that's what it's yeah, there for. I didn't for. fill up my water bottle that's all the way. <laughs> that's what we use it for, so. Yeah, but I didn't want to drink your entire water jug after I just An filled. entire water yeah, jug. That's I'm thirsty like, today. I don't even know how many gallons Especially it is. since we just ate wings and fries. I'm thirsty. Yes. We had buffalo wow wings. It's pretty good. My fries were a little hard, though. Yeah, I had a 45-minute drive here yeah. from work. Kara came to my house because that's where we've been recording. Except episode one. Yeah. We recorded on Zoom. Yeah, so. I forgot a sign. So one of my best friends, Maddie. Hello, Maddie. Shout out to Maddie. Maddie. (laughs) She's leaving for Mexico on Monday. So I don't know if she'll hear this, but Maddie. One day. (laughs) One day. Um, For Christmas, she painted me a sign that has our logo on it. And, like, I'm pretty sure the blood spatter exactly lines up. With I thought you were going to say, I'm pretty sure it's real blood. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> You're like, I'm pretty sure the blood's <laughs> I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's some real blood spatter. No, yeah. That's funny that she did that. Yeah. Like, yeah. She I was... feel like if I made it, I would just whip it. Like, I know. That's it. what I thought she did. And then yeah. I was looking closer at it. And I think it's in the same That's alignment funny. as our logo. But, That's funny. Um, That's super nice. Yeah. I meant to bring it 
to put in your attic since yeah. that's where we That's our podcasting record. studio. <laughs> and I forgot. Well, and next I was going to take a cool picture. So yeah. next time. You'll see on our Instagram at one point. Our yes. first piece of fan art. <laughs> Thank you, Maddie. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, it's funny to see. Because I just drew that on. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. I'm, gl- I'm glad. Yeah. Taylor was out. the one who uh, who designed our first our first two logos. <laughs> yeah. Our first one was just like something I did in like 10 minutes. What is my cat doing? Okay. <laughs> my cat was chewing on something. <laughs> Sorry. No, yeah. It's super, super nice. But yeah, my our first logo was just something I did in five minutes. And then I worked hard on it. But it was still <laughs> really good. I liked the first funny. one. I like the first one, but then yeah. seeing it next to the second one, I'm like, oh, it yeah, yeah, yeah. The <laughs> it second like one's a, a little better. <laughs> looks like a kindergartner did the first one, and then the second one's, like, actually nice looking, I, th- I think. Kyle told me he's still not sure about the blood spatter. I'm like, it's a murder podcast. Yeah, because then if we don't have the blood spatter, there's nothing else on it that's, like, spooky or murdery or something. She did put the the fingerprint on. I saw on that. The thing. Yeah, yeah, I saw that because that so it's a mix of both. Yeah, of it's, the... it's it's got the old school with yeah. the new school. <laughs> Just a week in between old school and yeah. new school created, but yeah. yeah. So well, it's funny. Me and Kara, before we even thought about this podcast, we went and got matching tattoos of a coffee mug, which was our first logo. Like that's what the coffee mug looks like, and we just got it because we like coffee. <laughs> And now it has even more of a meaning. Well, I mean, I didn't think we just got it just because we like coffee. Well, no. Because we always, you know, in high school and and college, we were like, I got a lot of homework. You won't go do homework at Starbucks? Well, it's like, no, I'm not saying we just got it because we like coffee. I'm saying, like, the reason we got the coffee cup. I don't know. We got it because we like each other. (laughs) Kind of. Kind of. So we wanted to get a matching tattoo and... That was, I think, the best option. Yeah, and then when you told me what you want to do a podcast and you wanted <laughs> something for it to do with coffee yeah. and, like, caffeine or something. Kara thought of the name. It's real bad. <laughs> no, it's not. I think it's catchy. I it think it's, not, like, something it, that I could see people, like, say. I don't know, like, saying, like... I see t-shirts. <laughs> I see t-shirts. <laughs> not anytime soon. No. But... No. Maybe just for us to wear. Yeah, it's fine. We can wear our own merch. Yeah. <laughs> Once we have, like, I think we have 20 listeners. Nice. So, once we get up to maybe a thousand listeners, we can start making some stuff. So, my cousin Casey. Hi, Casey. Um, Hello. He, I saw him when I was walking Mika the other day. We lived down the street from each other, mm-hmm. and he's home for um, his PT rotation. Mm-hmm. And he was driving to his PT rotation one morning, I think it was Monday, and he stopped and he was, like, just about to press play on episode two. <laughs> oh, that's so like, sweet. Like, oh man, the support. <laughs> the support. We love the support. Tell all your friends, too. <laughs> Tell you all your friends. laugh. <laughs> Just like ridiculousness yeah. on their show. But it's fun. It's a good time. I think. I'm having fun. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. It's all about us. Yes. It's not about <laughs> you guys. Just about how we feel about it. <laughs> Just kidding. I think it's no. all about um, you. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Right now it has to be about us or we won't, we won't or keep it's going. Not happen. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Do you have any um icebreakers for this week? I didn't even think of any. Um, I thought of them last week, so Well, while we were eating, you told me that you're enjoying your dermatology rotation. Mm-hmm. Tell the fun fact 
that you oh, told, yeah. that you told me. <laughs> okay, so fun fact. <laughs> so there's a study. There's a fun fact, but also there's a study that my preceptor told me about. I haven't looked it looked at it yet, but she said that if you moisturize daily, you're more likely to live longer. And that's um because of the cytokines that are produced when you put on moisturizer. Cytokines boost are a part of your immune system, and they boost your immune system. So, therefore, if you put on moisturizer daily, you're more likely to live longer. Let's take care of your skin, folks. There you go. Yeah. I mean, now I'm learning the importance of, you know, taking care of your skin. Especially seeing, like, adults that have, have been in the sun and, like, not mm-hmm. use sunblock mm-hmm. their whole life, and they have a lot of skin cancer problems. So, it's sad. But it just shows that your skin never forgets. That's what you tell the patients because even if you were young as a kid and going out in the sun not wearing sunscreen, your body remembers that skin sun exposure your skin got and you can get skin cancer from that still. So it's very important to do it your whole life, your kid's whole life, everything. Nice. Thank you for the fun fact. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) I don't have any more fun facts nor any jokes. Trying to think if I have anything cool that I learned today or this week. No. No. So, Kara. Taylor. You can say who we're doing this week. So, I picked Donald Harvey. Not honestly, not really knowing anything about him. I just Mm -hmm. Googled serial killers and was like, let's do someone that I don't really know about. So, I picked Donald Harvey. Which, researching, I didn't realize, he's from Ohio. Woo! Ooh, We're from out. Ohio. You Buc- didn't know that. Buckeye Nation, baby. Yeah. Monday, <laughs> Monday night, baby. <laughs> I didn't even know if we said that we're from Ohio no. before. We're from Ohio. From Ohio. Woo! Ooh. I feel like there's a good amount of serial killers and murderers from Ohio. Oh, you mean like Jeffrey Dahmer? Yeah, like Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> and this guy. <laughs> and this guy. <laughs> but he moves around. He's in Kentucky a yeah. lot of the yeah. murders. So. And then I was watching the Ohio State Alabama game on Monday. I'm not. Championship. <laughs> I'm more of a hockey person. Oh, me too. But. And I vote for. I vote. <laughs> I vote. I root for the Pens. Yeah, that's crap. Penguins, Pittsburgh. No, that's crap. No. Penguins, baby. <laughs> no. So Penguins are playing next week against Philly. Or the 13th, so I guess. Oh, I guess we're playing this 14th. coming week. Ugh. Ugh. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> sports. I don't really Go follow hockey. sports. Whoop, whoop. I don't really follow sports that much, but I like hockey. That's the most fun one. Yeah. No, hockey's Definitely. my favorite. Okay, so Donald Harvey. <laughs> Alright, what we're gonna do the same thing as always. Alright, overview. Through... Yeah. He is an American serial killer who claims that he murdered eighty seven people between nineteen seventy and nineteen eighty seven. Um the official estimate Although, he said 87, the official estimate is between 36 and 57 people. He is um, called the Angel of Death, which he self-professed. He called him that, himself that. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of the killings occurred at Marymount Hospital in London, Kentucky, the Cincinnati VA Medical Hospital in Cincinnati, Ohio, and Cincinnati's Drake Memorial Hospital. Woo, Cincinnati! Mm -hmm. And he was also part of the occult. Occult. Why can you explain what the occult is to me? It's just somebody who's involved in cults. But like he wasn't in any cult that we know of, right? No, not that I know of. I just, he just 
wanted to be. <laughs> I guess. There, is a, a- there isn't, like, a lot of, of information. Yeah. Like, no, yeah. I do have, at one point, that he got, he got, like, fired or something. It's in my notes from mm-hmm. trying to steal body parts for, like, a ritual. Mm. So, he did his own stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Because I saw that throughout research, too, about, it's like, oh, the occult and the occult. And I'm like, what is, what does that mean? Like, does it mean you're associated with a certain cult? Or does it just mean that you do cultish things? You know? It's just a category of beliefs and practices. Um, mm. So then, you know, they involve different phenomena, like, spirituality magic mysticism and things like that so it's not like kind of like a it's like way a, of life yeah yeah it's like an umbrella term mm-hmm. and then you get into like certain satanism and like all the other different yeah cults. yeah okay yep see that's good to know yeah good to know yeah thank you wikipedia <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so that's the overview of him i didn't have anything like I, like different from what you had mm-hmm. i have that he is labeled as a serial killer, a poisoner, and a one-time arsonist. Because he set a fire. Oh, nice. Did you have that? I don't remember. He did set... Well, I mean, I I looked at... I think I went through three different websites to find all my information, and one and... Like, two of them conflicted, but yeah, it's like he got arrested because he set a fire, but he was trying to kill himself, apparently. Oh. In the fire. Okay, because I have that he had a mm-hmm. suicide attempt, but I didn't have How? what specifically. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's yeah. what I think happened, but we can talk about that when that comes up. Yeah. I mean, it's always interesting to me when serial killers claim that they murder more people than is actually mm-hmm. found. Yeah. Because there's a big jump between 57 and 87. Yeah. That's I don't... 30 extra bodies. I know, but who's to, I mean, it's like, he, he wants people to think that he killed a lot more, mm-hmm. What or he did, like, it's either that he did kill yeah. more that we don't know about, or he's just like, I'm so good, this is, like, all the people, like, I killed this many, mm-hmm. you know, people exaggerate just because they want to be better than what they are. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if better is the right, he just wants to be yeah. better. <laughs> well, like, in his no, world, that's no, better yeah. for him. Yeah. Um. And also because he looks at killing people as like a mercy thing, mm-hmm. so maybe he's like, "Look at all the people I helped." Yeah. That's like what in his yeah, brain. That's he's a thinking. good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we keep <laughs> we keep talking about like things that we haven't talked about yet. Like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, so we'll jump right in. <laughs> so, early life. He was born in Butler County, Ohio, which mm-hmm. is near Cincinnati, and he was born in 1952. After he was born, his family relocated to Boonville, Kentucky. And um, later on in interviews, like after this whole thing goes down, his mom Mm -hmm. reports that he grew up in a loving home and was always a good person, always a good boy. Mm -hmm. Um, He dropped out of school when he was in ninth grade and started to work at a hospital at the age of 18. Um, He earned A's and B's with little effort but and was just bored. So he was Mm -hmm. a smart kid. He was just bored. So didn't just, want to do it. Yeah, so he just dropped out of school. He eventually relocated to Cincinnati, Ohio, and worked in a factory. I'm starting to feel like this isn't early life anymore. <laughs> so then he started killing people. <laughs> uh, what do you have for early yeah, life? Yeah, so um, I have a little. I, I have a little more. My notes. 
of a little more that went on in his early life. This is all my, <laughs> not all my stuff. So I went in between uh, the Criminal Minds website again because Criminal Mind Fandom is the website. And because they did like a whole episode dedicated, not dedicated, but like, you know, using Donald Harvey and his crimes as the inspiration. So he was the oldest of three siblings. And at six months old, his father fell asleep while holding him and accidentally dropped him on his head. Oh, I don't yeah. have any of that. Yeah. So, um, and apparently he didn't seem to be seriously injured by this. They just mentioned that he, like, he was dropped as a baby. But supposedly, this is what is weird to me, that his soft spot on his head never closed because of it. So, oh. but I'm like, as an adult, was it closed? Because that just doesn't make sense to me. So maybe it was delayed in closing. But yeah, either way, he had a head injury. <laughs> When he was Did very he land directly on his soft spot? Um, I don't know. It just says that he fell asleep while holding him and accidentally dropped him on his head. So, mm-hmm. that's all I have for that. But then, um... Did you say how old he was? I missed that. Six months. Six months. Yeah, so pretty wow. young. Yeah. Uh, the soft spot isn't closed all the way at six months, so it definitely can be affected if you get a head, a head injury during that time. So, yeah, that could always contribute. Like we've said before, head injuries are... Mm-hmm big deal in childhood so yeah, for sure um his parents apparently didn't get along but they were loving and nurturing to their kids and then he had a, another head injury i don't have the age but it was like when he was a kid he fell from running off the like a uh, loading dock of a truck and hit his head which is another thing oh. of course because he is a serial killer they always look at those things they they love those traumatic brain injuries yeah Yeah. exactly so and then he also was sexually abused i don't have any of this (laughs) so i actually watched a video on youtube and i think it's just called a documentary of donald harvey but it's like 11 minutes long it's not very long and the voice in it is kind of annoying so i would skip through it but yeah they had this too but this like what i have written down is from that criminal minds website So, his uncle Wayne would sexually abuse him whenever he visited his grandmother's house, and the abuse was known to be assisting and masturbating in oral sex was the specific abuse he went through. And then he also, his uncle also paid a neighbor of his, Dan Thomas, to sexually abuse uh, Donald Harvey as well. So, head injuries and sexual abuse when he was younger. Um, So, yeah, that's what, what's like the biggest things I have when he was Mm -hmm. younger. Like you said, he dropped out just because he was bored and yeah. didn't want to do yeah. it anymore um, and got a job in a factory. But yeah, I, th- I think the biggest things were that he... I didn't know any of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, so it's... Well, it's that's kind of like good to know because as I'm doing this research, I'm like, it doesn't make sense that he would just up and start killing mm-hmm. people. Yeah. But now that he kind of has that history mm-hmm. of trauma, both yeah. physical and sexual, mm-hmm. and emotional and mentally, too, yeah. um, it kind of makes a little more sense now. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the biggest things I had from when he was younger. So, like I said, he started working at hospitals when he was 18. Um, eventually, he relocated back to Cincinnati, Ohio, and got a job at a local factory. Um, in 1970, he was laid off because the plant he was working at, um, they were having slow production. So he just got laid off. Okay. 
Um, so his mom called him and asked him to go visit his sick grandfather in Marymount Hospital back in Kentucky. So he goes back to Kentucky and he's visiting with his grandfather. His grandfather. Um, and because he was spending so much time at the hospital, he began to talk to the nuns and one of them offered him a job and was like, hey, you, know, you need some work. Like, mm-hmm. Why don't you just work here? And he was like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So even though he was not medically trained, he would perform jobs like changing bedpans, passing out medication, and even inserting catheters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, which I was like, mm, I don't know yeah. <laughs> if I want someone inserting a catheter with, when you're not medically trained. Yeah, the catheter thing is weird to me. 1970s, man. It's yeah. a different time. Like as a healthcare provider. But in... No, it's like, I want to see your badge yeah. that says RN or PA yeah. or something hanging yeah. from your jacket. Yeah. No, but the his job, if we need to relate it to something now, was like a medical assistant. So they do, like now they'll do shots and they'll do like simple yeah. procedures yeah. like that. But they also have to go to through a training program for that. Yeah. It's definitely a different time mm-hmm. because my dad worked at a hospital um in his 20s mm-hmm. and he was taking blood like he was drawing blood and then testing mm-hmm. it in the lab you can't just do that anymore yeah. like you have to get certain training. you have to go to school for it you yeah have to get a bachelor's degree now yeah you at least have to be trained in that yeah. like i don't know what the training is i don't know if it's a degree no, my know. dad just drawing some yeah. blood and <laughs> yeah. testing it in a lab <laughs> yeah I, different time yeah that's it's definitely interesting but yeah he Throughout his life, he gets jobs as miscellaneous healthcare. Yeah, yeah. or housekeeping job. or something. Yeah, yeah, like in a hospital setting. That's why. Too uh, bad it's not like that anymore. Like, can yeah. I just work somewhere and not have the certification, yeah. but still get paid? And then just like learn things along the way and be like, oh, now I can just move up. <laughs> I'll be a doctor next week. <laughs> well, that's just like funny to me. Like, like with doctors and stuff, like, mm-hmm. yes, please go through all your schooling yeah. to be a doctor. But like, you really do learn a lot being mm-hmm. in the field like oh, yeah. i don't know how it's been for you going through like your clinicals mm-hmm. but with me like with counseling like i've been learning so much mm-hmm. more actually having a person in front of me saying mm-hmm. i have this problem going on mm-hmm. please fix me yeah instead of just reading about the same disorder in a book mm-hmm. like you definitely learn through experience yeah and i wish a lot of jobs like a medical tech or something mm-hmm. or even like a vet tech yeah like, i wish that it was like that. Mm-hmm. Just don't let them put a catheter in like, mm-hmm. the first day. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> or draw blood. <laughs> yeah, I'm the. I feel the same way with clinicals. I I've learned so much because I'm a hands-on learner. Mm-hmm. So then I'll remember like this patient had this, and this is how we yeah. treated it, and like this is what we did. Yeah. So that's definitely. But it's also how you learn. Like mm-hmm. some people are book people, so that's they learn best that way. But I learn better when I'm hands-on yeah. doing something. And I think it's different for us too. It's because. Like, you will always, well, not 99% of the time, you're going to put a catheter in the mm-hmm. same way. Yeah. Where it's like me, like, I can have three different people with the mm-hmm. exact same anxiety symptoms mm-hmm. and have them, and treat them all differently. Yeah. So, it's, mm-hmm. like, I can't sit and read about, here's mm-hmm. how you treat yeah. an anxiety disorder in a 15-year-old. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how we always say, I mean, again, our PA program and all my rotations, you have to treat the patient and not the condition. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Not every, every like, first-line treatment's going to treat every right, patient with right. that. So, yeah, PAs are the same way. And that's, I know, I'm sure doctors and nurse practitioners and all medical people are starting to do it that way. But it's, like, a change in yeah. how you think about it and say, like, oh, I need to treat the person because 
this is their circumstances. Mm-hmm. Like, especially now, you have to consider their insurance they even have. Like, yeah. what they yeah. can get is what what's available to them. And yeah, like I know that for a certain insurance, um, if they if I'm gonna I I know I'm gonna mess this up, mm-hmm. but if they don't have a certain insurance they can't get case management. Mm. Like, case management won't pay. Yeah. Like, insurance won't pay. Certain insurances, if I can get my words out. <laughs> I'm so tired. Certain, you needed the coffee. <laughs> John, go ahead. Certain insurances will not pay for case management. Mm-hmm. So, it really sucks because if we feel like a kid and their family would benefit from, because remember, just go and, and tell a therapist to fix your kid. Yeah. It's, it's a family thing, guys. Mm-hmm. Come on. Come on, parents. <laughs> of course. Um, but if a case manager can benefit the family, mm-hmm. it kind of sucks if they don't have the insurance that mm-hmm. will cover it because it's like, well, oh, crap. Yeah. Like, you, you can't treat them manager. to the best of your abilities yeah. because yeah. you don't have the and resources. That's hard. that's hard. Yeah, that's what sucks about healthcare in America. <laughs> hey. <laughs> but yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. We went on a tangent. <laughs> it's okay. Um. No, yeah, so that's the, it's definitely weird that. He would be doing that stuff, but yeah, like, like I said, said, if someone's putting a catheter in me, yeah. I want to see credentials on yeah. their name badge. Yeah, well, actually, like if you're in surgery, like you don't know who puts your catheter in. Oh crap! Like students, we can put catheters in as long as the doctor or whoever's supervising us watches. Crap! And like nurses, like nurse nurses will do it, and surgical techs can do it, but still, I mean, they all have credentials and have learned how to do that. This, it's guy not just, just, this guy just walking in a hospital. Is, yeah, he just walked in. He's like, I didn't graduate high school, but I can put a catheter in. <laughs> How hard can it oh, be? No. <laughs> well, you just is put it, it in the hole. Is it hard? Um, it's Do tell not me about hard. how to put a catheter in. <laughs> if you know, I mean, it's a sterile procedure. So right. I, the, would, I, I would hope. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But the biggest, that's the biggest thing is, like, you can't break the sterility because then you put them at risk for infections. And that's, like, one, like, learning it, that's the, one of the biggest things we learn is, like, how to not break the sterile field when you're putting a catheter in. Right, right. But as long as you know the steps and, like, it's not hard to do, but you have to be aware of, like, what could happen if it, if it, something went wrong because... For men specifically, you can create a false passage, not even get into their bladder, just be in tissue, just because of how the tissue is laid out there. So, like, you need to be aware of, like, if that happens, like, what you need to do with it. And that could happen to anyone because you don't know, like, you don't see what's happening. So, until you see urine flowing through the catheter. So, hmm. well, there's different catheters. I mean, that's just a bladder catheter, but, like, a heart cath is a different thing. It's going to your heart, <laughs> oh, gosh. which is how he okay. he did some of the killings, putting mm-hmm. stuff through heart catheters. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it's it's not. I'm not going to say it's the hardest procedure to do, but it definitely is needs training to do. I mean, someone could have shown him, but yeah, I wouldn't want him doing my catheter. Nope. So yeah, like uh, Kara said, that he was he's basically an, a nurse assistant, a medical assistant mm-hmm. at these hospitals, but that is when he started to kill people is at these hospitals. Yep. His first one was at the first place he started working. Where was that? Mar- Marymount? Marymount Hospital? Is mm-hmm. that the first place? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, that's where he had his first victim. So throughout his life, he also started to have relationships with men. The first one was James Peluso. 
but then he was also raped by his roommate, Randy White, when he was an adult. I don't have any of this. Yeah. This is my own... <laughs> you picked this guy. I know. <laughs> you don't even know all the trauma that he's been no. through. No. <laughs> You're just like, he's a normal guy. <laughs> and I'm a trauma person. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's... Oh, no. So it seems like he's been a lot through a lot of yeah. sexual yeah. abuse throughout his... Even in adulthood. So. Yeah. So that's all I have for adulthood. Um, I have stuff, but it comes after... Like, throughout. Yeah. 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 So let's start. Right. Let's go with murders. Sound good? Mm-hmm. All right, so victim one. So a few months after he had started, so we're only a few months into his, you know, big credential hospital job. <laughs> the big to, time. The big time. Um, He went to go check on a stroke victim, and the patient rubbed feces in his face. So he became angry, you know. Yeah, as, as you do. As one does. <laughs> and he ended up smothering him. Yes. Because he got ticked off, which yes. you do. I mean, I'd be mad, but yeah, I wouldn't kill the guy. Yep. So, in a 1997 interview Mm -hmm. that he did with Dan Horn at the Cincinnati Post, this is a direct quote. He said, The next thing I knew, I had smothered him. It was like it was the last straw. I just lost it. I went to help this man, and he wants to rub that in my face. I have that quote, too. Um, And then he said that um, he showered before telling somebody that the patient was dead and quote no one ever questioned it seems to be how no one ever questions any of the victims right it's just like that's why i was like i wonder why he just started killing people Mm -hmm. like yeah like i'd be really ticked off too if somebody rubbed feces in my face but i'm not gonna smother them Mm -hmm. for it and you're especially as a medical yeah you know what you're signing up for like medical professionals any like you have to know what the job entails, and that's always a possibility you're going to be interacting with mm-hmm. these people that aren't in necessarily in the right state of mind. So. Yeah, especially if this person suffered a stroke. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what part yeah. of the brain was. Yeah, he was 88, so. He might not have even known what he was doing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sure that guy wouldn't just have just done that. Like, I mean, I don't know that man, but. There's not many people that would just do that because yeah. they're angry. Yeah. I don't know. I just, that's, but now when you told me about his childhood and mm-hmm. his abuse and his trauma and stuff, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, mm-hmm. I could kind of see why he would just up and just kill somebody. Yeah, he was like, it was all building up. And yeah. that's in the quote, like he says, uh, it was his like last the last straw. straw. Yeah, he just lost it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he could have been experiencing like other crazy patients that day or. Just in his time in the hospital, so but no excuse no. to smother there someone. Is no, 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 no excuses. Um, within three weeks after his first one, he disconnected an oxygen tank of an elderly woman and killed her. Mm-hmm. No one thought anything of the first two deaths, and no one detected his foul play. Whether it out, whether it was out of boredom, experimentation, or opportunity, the methods he used were varied with each murder. Mm-hmm. So. Methods of his killing he used a lot. Yes. Arsenic, cyanide, insulin, suffocation, miscellaneous poisons, morphine, turning off ventilators, administering fluid tainted with hepatitis B and or HIV. Mm-hmm. So those ones gave hepatitis infection, but the individual didn't get HIV. It, it, that one caused more of an illness. Mm-hmm. Um, he would insert coat hangers into catheters and would cause abdominal punctures. Yeah, I saw that. But his favorite methods, <laughs> this guy, he loved 
using arsenic and cyanide, which he gave to patients in food, through their IVs, or he mm. injected it into their bodies. Yep, that's sick. Mm-hmm. And he killed more than 12 people each year. That's crazy. Yep. Yeah, I uh, saw a list of the victims, and like on the Criminal Minds website, it shows the names, how old they were, and how they were killed. And seriously, he would kill people, like, a day after one another. Like, he would be like, oh, March 21st. And it's like, March 22nd, next victim. I'm like, oh my gosh. Just, like, whenever he got the opportunity where no one would think that yeah. it w- there was foul play involved. Well, you, you are supposed to be able to trust your medical professionals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no matter who's working in the hospital. Whether it's the janitor, yeah. whether it's the doctor, you should trust that you're... Get be yeah. you're given like, the best if care. If a nurse comes in to put something in my IV, mm-hmm. I'm not going to think, oh man, there might be some cyanide in <laughs> yeah. this. What are you putting in there? Yeah, no, I'm gonna assume it's some sort yeah. of medicine. Yeah, exactly. And that's but that's the thing. Like almost all his patients or all his people that he saw that were patients were, you know, experiencing like or close to death or were experiencing something terrible. So that's what. No one is suspected that they were being poisoned or were being suffocated because they're like, oh, they just had a heart attack or, oh, they just, like, this is bound to happen. They're in the hospital for it. So that's what. Yeah. And especially if we're talking about the 70s, mm-hmm. I don't really think they're testing blood yeah, at this point yeah. to see if there's anything in people's systems. Mm-hmm. And they're not doing autopsies on people that are in the hospital because of conditions yeah. that they've known. And they're not going to be like, let's do an autopsy and see. How they died. They're like, no, they died in the hospital. We knew they were in the hospital. They were sick. Yeah. That's like what. I almost feel like, and I know this would be extremely expensive and mm-hmm. very annoying for uh, the medical people. Mm-hmm. What's it called? What's the medical? The medical examiner. Oh, like, yeah. Like, what's that job? <laughs> Who's the person that does autopsy? Yeah. The medical examiner. They would be busy the all the time. Yeah. The <laughs> ME. Um, to like do an autopsy for every single person mm-hmm. who died. Yeah. I mean, I know that that would be a lot. But, like, I've watched true crime documentaries where, like, people are being killed by rat poison mm-hmm. and nobody knowing because they don't, they're like, oh, my, yeah. my dad died, you know, didn't expect my mom to mm-hmm. kill him with rat poison. Yeah. So let's not do an autopsy because yeah. he just died. And I feel like if, I mean, if someone were to come in, they would do an autopsy. Like, they were at home and they came in, they, like, were dead, like, an ambulance picked them up and... They brought him into the hospital. I think they would do that, but if the person dies in the hospital, I I don't know how often they're doing. Yeah, probably I mean, exams. Not a whole lot, yeah, yeah. Just because they're especially. I mean, if I went in because I broke my toe and I end up dying, then maybe yeah, okay, they would do that. But if they're like, oh, they have an underlying heart condition that they're in critical care and they die. They're just like, well. But then, wouldn't they also have to see what you died of? Because what if you didn't die with anything mm-hmm. related to your heart? Well, that's the thing with him. How he was killing them, it did make, like, physiologic things happen to them. Like, his poisoning and his whatever he would inject would make them have a heart attack, would make them have a stroke. So then they're just saying, oh, he died of a heart attack, he died of a stroke. Which he they did, but they didn't think what caused that. They're just, like, Harvey did it in a way that he knew that how they died wouldn't be a normal way of dying look, for them. Look shady. Yeah. Yeah. So he and he knew that just from being in the hospital and knowing the patients that he was 
going after. And, like, he suffocates these patients. There's not really a way to know that they suffocated. in the, Like, if they're in the hospital, they just are, oh, maybe they died in their sleep. Like, and just, that's it. Like, mm-hmm. same thing with the oxygen. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's weird to think about that that could happen. But it it made sense for him to think like that he could get away with it because it was just an easy thing to do not saying it's the right thing (laughs) not at all no i know what you mean no i know what you mean (laughs) but yeah like make it look as less suspicious mm -hmm, as possible yeah yeah and he was in the perfect position to do that and no one would suspect it Mm -hmm. and like each patient's having how many providers look at them like a doc comes in nurses come in medical assistants come in who are they gonna blame for it they don't so he covered his tracks well that's true yeah so yeah he killed a patient by giving him the wrong catheter i have on one i don't know what that means <laughs> like what what wrong. what wrong catheter i guess there are different sizes yeah there's different sizes so maybe it was a size thing but i don't know i didn't i wouldn't it didn't say what what that meant by wrong catheter yeah so like we said before he did these things and then said that they were mercy killings because they were in pain or they were going to die. He said the one woman, Elizabeth Wyatt, who he killed, which I think was his second or third murder, he said that she heard, he heard her saying that she wanted to die and heard her praying to die. So then in his head, he thought it was okay to do it. While he was at the hospital in Kentucky, I think it was still Marymount, uh, he dated a man named Vernon Midden, and Vernon taught him a lot about how human bodies react to certain things. Oh, I, Vernon. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what Vernon did. Come on, man. But obviously he... Read the room. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, so Vernon taught him how, like, bodies will react to all these poisons and stuff that he was giving people. I don't know how this conversation came up in their relationship. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how he learned. Is that how what? you and John met? Yeah, yeah. So if you inject someone with cyanide, here's what what's happens? gonna happen. Well, can people tell if you inject them? How do how do I not get caught? Yeah. <laughs> if I were to kill someone, what would I do to not get caught? Don't Google how to make anything. <laughs> yeah. They can see your search history. <laughs> well, they didn't have that no, back I then. Know, but, you know. but Vernon was basically the Google for for Harvey. <laughs> right. So yeah, that's how he found out how to how bodies will react to certain things, mm-hmm. and I think that's how he got away with with a lot of his murders. Freaking Vernon. Vernon. Yeah, so I don't know what happened with Vernon. Oh, yes, I do. Okay, so uh, Vernon Midden was also supposedly an occultist. And a, is that how you say it? An occult. No, it's, I have occultist. Like, yeah, he was yeah. he was an occultist. Yeah. yeah like he okay. was a member of yeah. the occult. Yeah. The occult, yeah. So... So, obviously, he's a little wacky, too, I think. You judging people in cults? Yes. <laughs> Why are you in a cult? <laughs> no. I just learned about cults in my class. And a lot of them aren't, like... Bad cults. Yeah, yeah. Like, not everyone is sacrificing well, yeah. a human. But they don't seem... No, I wouldn't go, the like, best. Hang- no, I wouldn't, like, go hang out with them. <laughs> I'm just judging like, Vernon, okay? <laughs> out of all people. What are we doing today with the pentagram, guys? <laughs> Pentagram. 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 Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, I guess I am judging cults. (laughs) 
There's some bad ones. Yeah, like, I've only heard of bad ones. That, like, I mean, not that they're doing murder and stuff. Like, they're not committing murder, but I've people that grew up in cults and write books about it are usually bad. Like, bad things that have oh, happened. Oh, no, I 100 billion percent agree. Yeah, I was so that's it. A- I was making a joke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway. Jordan Michael. Um, no. <laughs> Um, so apparently Harvey and Vernon's relationship went downhill because Harvey became depressed and began fantasizing about torturing and killing Vernon. What? <laughs> so I don't know, like, how he broke it off as he's like, I want, I'm thinking about killing you, so I really don't want to be with you. I'm kind of surprised he didn't just kill him. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. I don't think he killed him. So. Like, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that, mm-hmm. like... Cause he does, Maybe because he taught him so much. Because he does try to kill one of his other mm-hmm. boyfriends. Yeah. And family members. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I don't maybe know he, Maybe him and Vernon just had, like, a good relationship, yeah. and then it just didn't work out. And well, maybe... Like, you know, I'm gonna kill you, so yeah. I should probably break up with you. No, him. I'm thinking, like, he... Obviously, Vernon was a little wacky, too, like we said. So maybe he was just like, yeah, dude, like, I feel like this is getting too far. I feel like I want to kill you. I don't think we should be together anymore. If I'm Vernon, I'm like, great. <laughs> Vernon taught him. I'll see so. you later. Vernon taught him how to kill people. Oh, so Vernon. Vernon is, yeah, I don't trust Vernon. No. I feel like Vernon should be investigated. Has he not? Not that I know of. An accomplice. <laughs> Next week, Vernon Minnan. <laughs> <laughs> the accomplice of the angel of yeah. death. For real, but like, he seems sketch anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, so then I have Harvey was arrested for the first time, I believe, in March 30, on March 31st, 1971. Did I get too far, or did, I don't want to, like, cut you off. Um, I just have, like, other things that he did mm-hmm. in his life, so Before let's... 1971? Let's go in chronological order here. Okay, yeah. <laughs> other crimes. Okay. Alright. So now we're at 1971? Yeah. Okay. On March 31st, 1971, uh, he was drunk and was babbling incoherently about his murders when he was drunk and, like, brought in to for questioning. He got arrested for burglary. Yeah, and he was just, like, drunk and started talking about his murders. But they didn't believe him and just let him go. (laughs) Yeah. it's Well, it said the cops looked into his claims and questioned him, but Mm -hmm. they couldn't find any evidence. Yeah, they were just like, They were just like, "Eh." Yeah, he's probably okay to go back and work in the hospital. (laughs) That's probably fine. Probably fine. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I have. And then he got also arrested. Okay, so this is the suicide attempt that I was talking about. Oh, okay. So he, I don't have a year for it. I think it might have been the same year, like 1971. He started a fire in attempt to kill himself and was only charged a $50 fine. Okay. (laughs) I think we got conflicting. No, I know. So I this is the part that I saw on a different website, uh-huh. and that he was arrested for something else, was charged fifty dollar fine instead of like jail time. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't for the fire; it was for something else. Yeah. But I just kept in the fire thing because I figured you would have the other thing. So here's what I have. <laughs> so after he so he goes to court for this burglary charge, mm-hmm. pleads guilty, and the charge. I why did I not read this? The charge. Uh, got reduced to petty theft, mm-hmm. and he only had to pay a small fee. So then he just like he's like, you know what I'm gonna do now with my life? I'm gonna mm-hmm. join the Air Force. Mm-hmm. Great. 
No, I think Thank I don't you think for your service. <laughs> I don't think he will. I mean, I think he willingly went to the Air Force, but I think that the judge said to him that you need to do something with your life and go into the Air Force. Like, oh. I think the judge said, like, after he was in court for that, the theft or the whether it's conflict conflicting that it is the fire mm-hmm. or the theft, whatever he was in court for. The judge said, you have problems, basically, and you need to go to therapy, like, go see someone or stay in a facility, or you can go into the Air Force. (laughs) And he chose the Air Force. So that's what I did. Yeah, let's put him in charge of driving a plane. (laughs) Sounds like a good idea. (laughs) I mean, but as far as I know, he didn't do anything there that was in the, like, he didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, he served less than a year before receiving a general discharge. I don't know what general discharge means. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, In March of 1972, Mm -hmm. he dealt with depression and was unable to control his inner demons, and he committed himself into uh, the Veterans Administration Medical Center in Lexington, Kentucky. Okay. He remained in the mental ward uh, until August 25th, and then readmitted himself a few weeks later. This is where I have he attempted suicide. Uh, yeah, I have that he, ad- again, attempted suicide. Oh, okay. So I don't I mean, maybe he did it twice, maybe it was only the once, so I'm not sure. And then he was placed in restraints and received 21 electroshock therapy treatments. We all know that works so well. Great. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then he was released on October 17th of 1972. He then started to work as a nurse aide at Cardinal Hill Hospital in Lexington. In June 1973, he started a second job at Lexington's Good Samaritan Hospital. He kept both of those jobs until August of 1974, and then he took a job as a telephone operator and then a clerical job at St. Luke's Hospital in Fort Thomas, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Stop me if you have, if you have anything else. Nope. I'm good. Um, later, he confessed to the murders, when he confessed to them later. He stated that he was able to control his impulses to kill during this time. So, you know, he goes to a mental hospital, he gets some help, you know, joins the Air Force, probably got some discipline in him there. Mm -hmm. And he had these, you know, like two or three jobs at one time and he was able to control his Mm -hmm. impulses, which I also think is interesting Mm -hmm. because typically they can't. Yeah. A lot of killers can't. Well, he says that he controlled that. I don't think he killed anyone during this time. I know, but that's... He also said he killed 87 or whatever people, and they, like, confirmed. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. You know, I'm just... I feel like you can't take what anyone... Any serial killer or murderer, what they say... I mean, you're not wrong. For the truth. You're not wrong. (laughs) Um, In September of 1975, he moved back to Cincinnati, Ohio, and got a job at the Cincinnati VA Medical Hospital. Mm -hmm. His tasks here were nursing assistant, housekeeping aide, Cardiac catheterization, I just went through that word real, catheterization, <laughs> technician, and autopsy yeah. assistant. Sick. Yeah, not good jobs for that guy. So I No have, training. <laughs> he found his niche and started to kill again. And he worked Aww. at night and had little supervision. So I think. Oh, nice. Yeah. He found his niche. You know, he found his way That's in the world. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah, he found his way in the world. Yeah, I found his, his group. Yep. His cult. His homies. <laughs> Um, he had little supervision at night, so I think a lot of his killing took place at night. Mm-hmm. Um, over the next 10 years, he killed at least 15 people while working in that hospital and kept a diary of his crimes, which included mm. taking notes on each victim, 
and detailed how he murdered them. He did not care. Like, I feel like he just did not care if he got caught. He was like, if they question me, I'm going to tell them everything. Let me keep a record. No matter what. (laughs) Let me keep a written record of everything that I did. Just, but in my head, like, I, whenever I think of Donald Harvey, it's just like, like, whatever, like, just mm-hmm. did it, and then... Just kind of, like, went with the flow. Yeah, and, like, and then, like... Whatever's gonna happen, happen. Yeah, and, like, oh, if they question me, like, I'm just gonna tell them everything. Like, I don't yeah. know. He just seems like... Which, I mean, he basically did. Yeah, and he, like, yeah. he's told cops multiple times, like, that he's done these murders one way or another. Yeah, and they're like, that's okay, champ. Yeah, like... Just go back way, to work. Way to admit it. <laughs> just go back to work. Yeah, so that's just... I don't know why I yeah. think that, but in my head, he just seems... He does look, like, young too to me like in pictures and mm-hmm. stuff he just even though he's not young like he'll be in his 30s or 40s and i'm like he just looks immature in them yeah yeah while he was murdering mm-hmm. he was refining his techniques by reading medical journals and hints on how to conceal crimes mm. so he's doing his research yeah you know but you know he didn't have vernon anymore vernon 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 went on to do bigger and better things so <laughs> vernon <laughs> Um, I'm looking him up after this. <laughs> yeah, so he didn't have Vernon anymore, so yeah. he's like, I'm going to read some medical journals mm-hmm. and how to get away with murder. So, hmm. good for him. Maybe he's he started that TV show. <laughs> how to get away with murder? Yeah. Oh, man, that's a good show. Yeah, I haven't watched it. Thanks. Oh, it's good. Yeah, I I mean, I watched Scandal, which is the same she's producer. In, she's in the same, she's in one episode, I think. Olivia Pope, like the girl that plays it? I think that's her name. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I just know that that's the same. That's a good show. Writer, so I that's figured it'd show. be good. Yeah, she's in it. What's cool, her character's cool. name in Scandal? Olivia Pope. <laughs> I think. I don't know what her real name I is. I think they. I think they have that as her character name. Maybe in the crossover. She, yeah. Is she a lawyer? Yeah. In Scandal. Mm-hmm. Okay, they did a crossover. Then. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah, she's like. She does. I don't think she's a lawyer. Lawyer, but she like gets people out. So she stuff. just walked into a courthouse. Yeah, like like Harvey, and yeah. it was like you know what I'm and had an affair it? with the president. <laughs> the she United does. States. Yeah, that's not a spoiler. That's super early on. Oh no! Yeah. Oh no! Fun. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't do that. Too um, many Monica Lewinsky jokes. Don't do that. Don't do that. Um. Yeah, I haven't watched that in a while, but it's it, it was a good yeah, show. It's like gripping. Okay, maybe okay. I will. The pilot gets a hook, and you're like, yeah. "Oh man, gotta keep <laughs> yeah. going." That's the same thing with like scandal. I it keeps you hooked for so long, but then it it starts like dwindling, and you don't get as invested. But yeah, yeah. With the how to get away with murder, it's like, gosh, how many dang people can does this group murder? Yeah. <laughs> Stop it! Stop doing that. Maybe transfer to a different law school. <laughs> it's time. Yeah. get out. Hell to watch. I think it's on Netflix, right? Unless Netflix took it off like The Office. <sighs> I don't talk. I'm still so Yeah, mad. I started to rewatch How I Met Your Mother because... Oh, that's a good one. That's, yeah, I was like, I might as well just start watching this again. Um, okay, back to the main program. <laughs> Your scheduled Sorry. program. All right. <laughs> I have... So you were talking about how he worked overnight and he was also... He worked in like as an autopsy assistant or like... I don't know what wording you used. I have autopsy assistant. That's what I have. Yes. So he would sometimes steal tissue samples from the morgue and take them home to study. <laughs> so that's fun. Why doesn't this guy just go to med school? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He basically like, I'm sure he could have done it if he graduated. But he said he's really smart. Yeah. 
He just didn't want to go. He was like, it's easier just walk in just a hospital walk and be hospital. friendly. <laughs> be friendly to people. <laughs> um. So then on July 1985, well, in July 1985, he was, Harvey was caught leaving work with a suspicious satchel. Do you have this? Yeah, I got a little stuff before that. Oh. Backtrack. (laughs) Go. Uh, In the early 80s, he moved in with, and this is is Murderpedia using the term gay lover, Mm. named Carl Howler, and he started to poison him. He started to poison Carl because he thought Carl because he thought Carl was cheating on him. Oh, was he? I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. Carl. Carl. Um. He also started to poison the neighbors because oh. the neighbors would like tick him off. So mm-hmm. it's like you know what I'm gonna do? Poison you. That's just his go-to. Yeah. He he, he loved that cyanide. Mm-hmm. He got addicted. Mm-hmm. In April of 1983, he started to poison. Carl's parents, because he started fighting with them. His dad had a stroke, was admitted to the hospital, and Harvey visited him and placed arsenic in his pudding, which caused him to die. He was unsuccessful uh, at killing Carl's mom after poisoning her her on and off for a year. And she didn't die. Poor lady. So, good for her for not dying. Yeah, I mean, she's probably like, why am I sick all All the the time? time. (laughs) Um, So, Carl breaks up with him. And so then Harvey decides, you know what I'm going to do? Spend the next two years trying to kill him. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Just (laughs) Carl. Poor Carl. Yeah. He's probably, you know what? He was probably the most loyal person in the universe. And he's probably like, like, what the heck is happening here? He probably was not cheating at all. Did he die? No. Oh, he lived. Yeah. Good job, Carl. (laughs) Carl. I want to hear his story. (laughs) He should write a book. I wonder if Carl and Vernon ever got together. Hmm. That would be interesting. So what happened after that? 1985. Security searched his gym bag. <laughs> his suspicious satchel. I have gym bag. No, mine is definitely, I think, suspicious. Suspicious <laughs> satchel? Sounds like more ominous. Is that going to be our suspicious. title? <laughs> yes. Suspicious satchel? <laughs> That's what it is? That sounds like more... Like, ooh, a suspicious satchel. Search his gym bag. (laughs) Yeah. Don't say that. Don't even say it. I have that they found a thirty-eight caliber pistol, hypodermic needles, surgical scissors, gloves, cocaine spoon, two books of occult lore, and a biography of a serial killer, Charles Saab Haraj. I have the same thing, except add various medical texts. Texts? Like, oh, like... Like textbooks. Gotcha. Yep. Makes sense. That's a lot to carry in a satchel. Because that was because it's a gym bag. <laughs> um, I have that he was fined fifty dollars. So I don't know. If he keeps is... getting fined. <laughs> so I don't know if this is the same fifty dollar that you read on a different thing. But that was just their go-to for charging fifty dollars. Like, you, you stole fifty dollars. <laughs> he killed someone fifty dollars. <laughs> um, he got fined fifty dollars for carrying a firearm, and then he just resigned from his job. Oh, I got that he was forced to resign. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? I didn't know if it was one of those things where he was like, they're probably going to fire me anyway, mm-hmm. so I'm just going to quit. But Maybe. also, like, I don't know if they had severance checks in the mm-hmm. 70s, but, like, dude, take your severance check. Yeah. Don't quit. Get fired. Let's help out Harvey <laughs> okay. with a severance check. So we can buy more medical yeah. books. <laughs> I'm a doctor one day. 
Um, seven months later, he began to work at another local hospital in Cincinnati, uh, Drake Memorial Hospital. Mm-hmm. Over the next 13 months, he killed 23 patients. And then authorities finally became suspicious in 1987 after the death of John Powell. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who is also, he poisoned with cyanide. Correct. John. Yeah. So John Powell was a patient who died um, after spending many months on life support because of a motorcycle crash. So. Oh. Yeah. So they became suspicious. Yeah. Because they were like, hmm, that doesn't add up. Well, now we're almost in the 90s, so Mm -hmm. I feel like now things are starting to get more, like, investigated. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, oh yeah, so when he was finally investigated for the death of John Powell, he just admitted to all his murders. And then they were like, oh yeah, let's look into that a little more. And they saw that all the hospitals he worked at had a high death rate mm-hmm. <laughs> while he was there. Yep. Makes sense. They're like, why are we doing so terrible? Because hospitals get, like, graded, basically, on their mortality rates. Oh, I didn't know that. But that makes a lot yeah. of sense. I mean, they they just, like, look at, like, you know, how patients are doing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what they were doing back then. So maybe it wasn't as they didn't do that. I don't know. But... Yeah, so they're like, oh, yeah, they did have high death rates. That's suspicious. Well, I have that um, he became a person of interest um, only when investigators learned that he was forced to resign from Cincinnati VA Hospital after he was caught trying to steal body parts for a cult (laughs) ritual. That's how he got on the radar. Not all these other, not all this other (laughs) crap, because he was trying to steal body parts. He's just carrying out a whole leg, and they're like, that's suspicious. (laughs) What's that guy doing? It's like a foot coming out of his gym bag. A satchel. <laughs> oh my gosh. Who yeah. wrote these articles? Because there's a difference between a satchel and a gym bag. I mean, I guess a satchel could be a gym bag if you wear it as a satchel. I'm not getting into this philosophy discussion. <laughs> it's like the same thing as if... A hot dog's a, a sandwich. sandwich. <laughs> it is. It is a sandwich. It is yeah. a sandwich. Yeah, I agree. Sandwich. Okay, good. We don't have to argue about that then. But is a salad with croutons a sandwich? No. <laughs> Who said that? It is absolutely not I, a sandwich. Just... <laughs> Do you eat your sandwich with a fork? No. No. No, I know, but what about if you hold two croutons? <laughs> what a piece of lettuce in between. Is that a sandwich? Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Because a sandwich is something between two pieces of bread. Yeah. So if you... Hold it like a sandwich. Yes. So it's the act. Yeah. That's what makes it's it. It's the sandwich. intent. Yeah. <laughs> fun. The fun debate. <laughs> there was like a big debate at my like college. A hot dog is a sandwich. And I don't want to hear anybody say, <laughs> well, the hot dog bun's connected. Sometimes my hot dog bun breaks in half. Yeah. Mine does most of the time, I would say. So, you yeah. know. All right. <laughs> Back to the scheduled program. So, I have that an anchor for WCPO-TV in Cincinnati named uh, Pat Minerson found it suspicious that someone who worked in the medical field for so long as he did would suddenly just kill a patient. So, we're talking about John Powell here still. Mm -hmm. So, this news anchor started to look into Harvey's history and discovered that several nurses at Drake Memorial Hospital 
noticed a spike in deaths for at least seven months. So people were picking up on this that he worked with. They're like, oh, people are dying. So they raised concerns with administrators. And then what do administrators like to do? Keep quiet. (laughs) Yeah, they don't want people to know. And no one will come to their hospital. Yep. So the administrators told them to keep quiet. Those same nurses, though, reach out to this reporter. And they said that there was evidence that Harvey killed at least 10 more people. In addition to, Mm -hmm. to John Powell. So when Bill Whalen, who is Harvey's court-appointed lawyer, was briefed on what this reporter was reporting on, he asked Harvey if he had killed anybody else. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure as a lawyer now, he's freaking out. Like, yeah. Oh, crap. I have to represent this guy. <sighs> Dang it. <laughs> so Harvey estimated that he killed around 70 people. Um, Whalen, being the defense attorney that he is, mm-hmm. knew that prosecutors would try to sentence him to death if they caught on to the other murders. Mm-hmm. So he made a deal. If the death penalty was not an option, um, you know, we've heard this plea deal a billion times, mm-hmm. which is absolute garbage. <laughs> um, don't get me on that tangent. If the death penalty was not an option, Harvey would take life in prison and confess mm-hmm. to all the murders. The prosecution, of course, agrees. Yeah. And then when Harvey met with them, he admitted to killing 24 people. A lot less than what he said in the beginning. Yep. So, uh, on August 1987, he pled guilty to 24 counts of first-degree murder and was sentenced to three consecutive life terms in prison. However, <laughs> prosecutors be sneaky. And the plea agreement um, also stated that it was allowed for the prosecutors to seek the death penalty if more murders came to light. Hmm. They're like, okay, you can confess to the 24, yeah. but if more stuff happens, we're going to give you the death penalty. Mm-hmm. Smart. Mm-hmm. So, in November of the same year, Harvey also pled guilty in Laurel County, Kentucky, to killing nine people in in the Marymount Hospital in the 1970s, and he was sentenced to life plus 20 years, which would occur immediately after his time was served in Ohio. In Toledo. Actually. Yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Toledo, Ohio. (laughs) Yep. So, he ultimately pled guilty to killing 37 people, but he confessed to killing as many as 50. Mm Mm-hmm. And then he was imprisoned at Toledo Correctional Institution. Yep. What a guy. It's crazy. There's just so many. And we'll never know mm-hmm. how many people he truly killed because it just got chalked up to medical conditions yeah. why these people died. Yep. So, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I just have that he died in jail. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to talk, say that? How did he die in jail, <laughs> So, um, Harvey... In 2017, on March 28th, Harvey was found savagely beaten and was declared dead two days later in jail at the age of 64. And then James Elliott was charged with his death. I don't know who James Elliott is, but I just have his name written down. Yep. So he basically beat Harvey Mm -hmm. to death. Yep. Yep. James ended it all. So, but he never got the death penalty. Like, he was never charged. James? Uh, no, oh, Harvey. Harvey. He never was charged with death penalty. He just was charged with life. M- multiple life yeah. sentences. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's what I... Well, okay. once you were talking about, oh, if more came to light, I thought he got the death penalty eventually, but he died eventually. Anyway. Yep. It was just funny, and I'm, and I'm glad that you talked about the trauma stuff, because, mm-hmm. um, like I said, his mom said that he grew up in a loving family. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the principal at his elementary school that he attended for eight years um, said that he was always clean, mm-hmm. well-dressed, got along with others. And she's quoted as saying, there was never any indication of any abnormality. And his former classmate said that he was a teacher's pet and a loner. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was rarely involved in extracurricular activities and just wanted to read books and dream about the future instead. So there yeah. was, So it doesn't seem like there was a lot of indicators. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was just like a normal introvert. Kid. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I had that he, like, teachers thought he was antisocial. Not personality antisocial, mm-hmm. but like, didn't want to talk to anyone. Mm-hmm. And sometimes kids made fun of him just because he didn't want to hang out with other kids. Well, I think we kind of have to stop that stigma of just because you're a loner means yeah. that you're a weirdo. <clears throat> yeah. Which is not true. No. People just don't want to talk. Yeah. And especially with him being as smart as he was and being bored, mm-hmm. he probably thought all the other kids were stupid yeah. and didn't want to hang out with them. Mm-hmm. That's just speculation. No, yeah. But... Yeah, he's probably... And he went through trauma, and he could have been going through trauma during those mm-hmm. times. Right. And he could have just been withdrawing because of that and just was afraid of, like, anything. Like, kids yeah. that are going through abuse, especially sexual abuse, just can withdraw and, like, be yeah. afraid of Well, everything. they learn to withdraw. Yeah. Yeah. And they just, like, why would you want to talk to people if you think they're going to hurt you? Right. So, that could be an issue, like, one of the issues, too. Yeah. But who knows, because... I don't even know if it was confirmed that he was sexually abused or not. That was just on that website that I looked at. So it could be just speculation or Harvey said it later on in life. I don't know. Yeah. So, But I feel like it's it's weird that you didn't have that stuff yeah, on websites because it seems like a big deal. Well, I didn't, you know, the stuff I looked at, I looked mm-hmm. at Wikipedia and Murderpedia and that yeah. stuff wasn't listed. Yeah, that's so weird. Which I'm, like, kind of surprised. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was listed on the documentary video on YouTube and then um, the Criminal Minds fandom website. Okay. So, yeah. There wasn't any good documentaries mm-hmm. I found or even people talking about his case. I couldn't find any good ones because I just wanted to watch one yeah. while I was doing other stuff and yeah. listen to it. But I was taking I a page out of my book. Yeah. Street, yeah. <laughs> so, I didn't want to, like... I just wanted to listen to it, and I couldn't find any. Hmm. But so I don't know. But I I am pretty sure that my favorite murder did an episode on him, and I heard oh, it was good. Really? Mm-hmm. Under the at least I haven't listened to it, but under the comments of the documentary I watched, someone commented, "My favorite murder just did a really good episode about him." So you can always listen to that too. It's <laughs> probably. <wrong. laughs> I mean, there. They're what we aspire to be. But yeah, I'm sure it's he's pretty well known, I think. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure they've at least mentioned him. Looks like they did it live at Palace Theater in Columbus. That makes sense. It's episode 110 of My Favorite Murder. If the you're live episode. <laughs> I always skip the live episode. Yeah, I do too sometimes just because the... Like, the audience clapping and stuff throws me off. <laughs> yeah. I don't know I'm why. like, this is weird. Yeah. So, yeah, you guys can listen to that if you're more interested in his case. Uh, they might bring up... I didn't listen to it, so they could bring up stuff that we didn't. Yeah. 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 Um, so, I have just a little last thing. Because um, I wanted to know why. Why did he do these things? Because, again, I came in here not knowing that mm-hmm. he went through all that trauma. Yeah. So, many criminal psychologists have tried to figure out what brought out Harvey's homicidal tendencies. And they still have no idea. Mm-hmm. So he could be a mercy killer. So yeah. So there is such thing as an angel of mercy. 
mm-hmm. who's a you know criminal offender who's usually employed in a caregiving role and intentionally harms and kills people that they care for. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes they kill people who are healthy. And, yeah. And it escalates to that. Just because um, of like an urge that they have yeah. now because of what they were doing. Yeah. And, you know, he can also be considered a sadistic killer. So these are people who use their position of power. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a medical professional. Yeah. He's got a power role, so he uses that to his advantage and mm-hmm. he kills. Medical professional. Quotes. Cool. Medical professional. <laughs> Self-professed. <laughs> um, and he could also be considered a malignant hero. So this, is, this happens when the individual endangers the victim's life in some sort of way and then quotes, unquote, saves them. Mm. So this would be somebody who resuscitates a person after killing them. Gotcha. You know, so they could have yeah. some sort of like, I'm a hero. Mm-hmm. I just saved this person who was dead. But I was the one that killed them. No, they saved <laughs> yeah um yeah that's interesting yeah so but he didn't i mean he didn't do that at least that i i saw like he never tried to bring someone back and be like no like not that i know yeah, of, yeah. but that's just like a mercy killer thing mm-hmm. um but yeah thought he thought they were he thought he was saving them by killing them yeah well Donald harvey Definitely an interesting guy. Yeah, I feel like his case isn't as, like, in-depth as the ones we've gone into before. Mm-hmm. Well, that's probably why they're not as known. Mm-hmm. He's not as, I don't want to use the word famous. Yeah. But. Infamous. Infamous. <laughs> yeah. It definitely, because yeah. it was, it was, but that's a lot, like, he killed a lot of people. Yeah. And if we're going by his number, if he says 87, that's a lot of people that yeah. he killed. Even more than. Chikatilo from last week, I'm pretty yeah. sure. And, like, he's well-known in Russia and for his killings, so. Yeah. I mean, he confessed to killing 50 people. Mm-hmm. And that's, what is that? That's, that's, like, equal to, like, Ted Bondi killed, like, 50 people. Or was charged with 50 people. Yeah. And he's the most well-known yeah. killer, probably, in America. Yeah, I feel like Ted Bundy's the name that comes up when people, like, serial killer. Yeah. I think Ted Bundy mm-hmm. is just, like, the automatic thought. Yeah, Ted Bundy and Jeffrey Dahmer, I think. At least... That's what I would killer. always, yeah, especially because that's more recent too. That yeah, like things that have come about in the case. So yeah, so Donald Harvey, are you picking next week? You got pick. Are you, did you pick a conspiracy? Because in episode two, you said you might pick yeah. a conspiracy. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't even look up conspiracies like to do yet, and then I was talking with my preceptor, and she told me about a. Um, documentary or docu series on Amazon Prime. I'm not gonna say it because I don't want people to watch it before our episode. Dude, no one's listening. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not saying no one's listening it's a this. secret. <laughs> um, but the case of the Jeff Davis Eight, I believe it is, and it's not. I'm pretty sure it's unsolved. I don't know any really anything about it. I just know that it's eight women were killed. They were all sex workers, so they all were in, like, the same social group, and it's just an unsolved case, but there's a whole docuseries on it, so I thought, I'm going to watch the series. I don't have Amazon Prime. Well, you can sign into mine. Okay. <laughs> what's, your, what's your Amazon Prime? <laughs> My so password is. <laughs> um, yeah, so I just thought it was interesting, but there's a lot of, like, resources online, too, so. Cool. 
That's what we're gonna do. That's unsolved. Unsolved. Yeah, so it'll be something different because it's it like could be an kind unsolved of a conspiracy. Yeah. I mean, we could come up with theories. And yeah, because I'm yeah. sure if there's a series on it, there must be speculation on who did it. Yeah, who done it. Yeah, or maybe it is solved and maybe you find out in the series. I don't know. I just haven't. You said it's the Jeff Davis. Yes, Jeff Davis 8, I believe, is what it's called. I could be wrong. <laughs> that sounds right in my head <laughs> when I think about it, so. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anything else, Kara? No. Donald Harvey. Donald Harvey. We finished pretty quick. It's a wrap. This episode. Good, because it's it's curfew time in Ohio. (laughs) Kara's got to get home. Got to get home by 10. Going to get pulled over. I got 15 minutes to get home, and it's a (laughs) 40-minute drive back to my house. Uh, You'll be fine. I I told Kara to say that she was working, because this is her job (laughs) now. Oh. We're getting compensated. No, we're not. <laughs> not yet. No not one's yet. paying us. <laughs> quip, doing quip, it for fun. quip toothbrush? Yeah. Still, still uh, waiting. Still waiting for you to listen to our episode. <laughs> you get toothbrush every day. <laughs> Same. My, I need to check my mail. Mine's probably in the mail. I need to do that. All right. Well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks for holding on for three yeah. episodes. <laughs> Sorry if this one's so different because we're both tired. And... Yeah, we were both off the last two weeks. Yeah. Um. So now this week we kind of got hit in the face with real life. Yeah, we're just tired. And, and my semester starts next week. Bye. All right. We will see you next week. For the Jeff Davis 8. eight. Yes. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>